Back to the, uh, the 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 story here from Dan McLaughlin and the Supreme Court. What did we lose? Three minutes? Okay, we can make that up. Um, in the North Carolina case, while a majority allowed the state board of elections of North Carolina to unilaterally ignore state deadlines for the submission of, of ballots, Justice Gorsuch wrote the dissent. Listen to this. Now, see if this sounds familiar to you. As a matter of fact, and I know he doesn't listen, but <laughs> this is almost verbatim what I told you on Tuesday when I read Article 1, Section 40 and told you this is a no-brainer. To not understand and not get this one would make you a, what Professor Wilfred Rich said of the Founding Fathers if they didn't make draft docu- uh, copies of the declaration to debate uh, debate over and edit and what have you, that would make them dunderheads, and our founding fathers most certainly weren't dunderheads. Uh, judge Gorsuch is not a dunderhead. Any any judge that makes it to federal law, uh, to, to the federal bench, should not be a dunderhead, but there are some that are. So Gorsuch writes, in part, now listen to this. This, this is what I say. Why did Barrett not vote on this? This makes no sense to me whatsoever other than political motivation. You know how powerful the media industrial complex is. You know how powerful the threat of the media industrial complex is. Threat against life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Threat against uh, reputation. Many people believe that Justice Roberts, because he is seen in photographs of the uh, 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 on Lolita Island, many people believe that Roberts is compromised. You know, when E. Michael Jones was on this show on Tuesday, what did he say about Epstein and Lolita Island? I thought he nailed that part of our interview. Uh, interview that the girls that uh, Epstein is accused of trafficking in, these were not eight-year-olds. Eight-year-olds, dude, eight-year-olds. These weren't eight-year-olds. These were 15- and 16-year-olds. They looked like adult females and could perform, obviously, I won't get into the details, it's a family-friendly show, um, as adult females. But technically, as, as E. Michael Jones said, technically, they are minors. And there were laws to protect them until they're 18. So all you got to do is offer them up to the world's power brokers and then photograph the, the, the axe and bambo. You got blackmail material. It's as simple as that. Now, I'm not implying that Justice Barrett is in on any of that. I just, uh, I, uh, I'm wondering. I'm like you. I'm wondering. Don't have an explanation for it. I also cannot explain Brett Kavanaugh's defection, and neither can Andy McCarthy, other than is Kavanaugh reading headlines? Has the epic from uh, the, the disgusting epic from 2018 left a permanent scar? 
Is he hearing echoes of Christine blah, 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 Ford in the back of his mind? Is he hearing that going like, I don't want to go through this again? Because you know when they rule five to four, like in Bush versus Gore, there's going to be war. That's why it's important for turnout and for prayer. Again, they have no answer for the prayer. And for grace. Here's Judge Gorsuch's. This is small type, so I'm going to have to put the spectacles on. Gorsuch's part of his dissent. Listen to this. And this is this written so well that all of us can understand what's at stake here. <clears throat> the parties before us all acknowledge that under the federal constitution, only the state legislature and Congress may prescribe the times, places, and manner of holding elections. Again, Article 1, Section 4. Article 1, Section 4. Remember that. Everyone agrees, too, that the North Carolina Constitution expressly vets all legislative power in the General Assembly not the Board of Elections or anyone else. And then he cites North Carolina Constitution, Article 2, Subsection 1. So we need not go rifling through state law. Now, I think he's writing this to Judge Barrett. Going like, you don't need to go rifling through state law to understand this, sister. You need to get your butt up here and get on the court and put a yes vote to end this. That's what I think is just reading between the lines here with Gorsuch. So we need not go rifling through state law to understand the board's permissible role in rewriting election laws. All we need to know about its authority to override state election laws is plain from the federal and state constitutions. In the Fourth Circuit, Judges Wilkinson, A.G., and Nehmeyer, or Niemeyer thoughtfully explained the board's constitutional overreach and broader problems with last-minute election law, uh, with last-minute election law writing by lawsuit. As they observed, efforts like these not only offend the elections clause textual commitment of responsibility for election lawmaking to state and federal legislators, they do damage to the faith in the written constitution as law. To the power of the people to oversee their own government and to the authority of legislatures. Such last-minute changes by largely unaccountable bodies to invite confusion, risk altering election outcomes, and in the process, threaten voter confidence in the results. Close quote. That's Judge Neil Gorsuch in the dissent. Now, I believe that if you read between the uh, lines, this isn't hard to see. This is Judge Gorsuch writing to Judge Barrett saying, hey, Amy, uh, I know you're out there telling people that you didn't have time to prepare it and what have you, and you need to roll your sleeves up and get under the skin of this case and learn. There's nothing to learn here. We learned this in grammar school, Article 1, Section 4, sweetheart. 
Is Justice Barrett wilting under threat or under pressure? Is Justice Kavanaugh wilting? We know that Roberts is wilting under blackmail pressure. We know that. Is Kavanaugh wilting under media pressure? Let's go to Andy McCarthy, former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, successfully prosecuted and convicted the blind shake in the 1993, February 1993 World Trade Center bombing. You remember, remember that? Well, Andy got the conviction against the blind shake. He also went out, uh, I believe he was part of the prosecution of the Gotti crime family, not the Biden crime family, the Gotti crime family. So Andy's worked in the official channels. He's worked as a lawyer, he's not a commentator, uh, analyst uh, for Fox News. He used to be on his show all the time. He and I are, you, you, used to be big buddies. Um, I'm not even sure why we had a falling out because he's Catholic as am I. Well, for any event, I, I, I've had two communications with with Andy, but I still read him uh, uh, regularly. To me, he's one of the authorities on this. Well, this is his piece at the National Review Online today. If you're watching on YouTube, check that headline out. What's the headline? Rolling the dice on chaos, Supreme Court ducks election law cases. Uh, on the right and among those who respect history, tradition, and stability, Franklin Delano Obama Roosevelt's court-packing gambit is remembered as a welcome rejection of radicalism. At the pinnacle of his influence, the most powerful president of the 20th century could not prevail on his scheme to expand the court and fill it with like-minded, politically willful progressives, even though his party controlled both houses of Congress by decisive margins. And he begins this with, there's one thing we've forgotten to mention about political imitation, intimidation of the Supreme Court. That's the subheading of, of Andy's piece. In italics, it works. Yet on the left, and especially among Alinskyite schooled and the uh, extortionate leveraging of power, the court-packing threat is remembered as a triumph. It provoked the famous switch in time that saved nine. That's a quote. A switch in time that saved nine. Fearful that FDR would follow through and destroy the court's standing as a rule of law institution, the court, led by Justice Owen Roberts, or earlier I said Justice Owens, Justice Owens Robert, Owen Roberts, uh, dramatically shifted, upholding the New Deal it had been stalling and ushering in the foundations of progressive governance. In, in other words, all of the federal alphabet soup of agencies was made possible by that court and by Franklin Delano Obama Roosevelt. If that court holds its ground and just goes, no, no, we're going to have court and we're going to we're, we're going to reject FICA, Franklin Delano Obama. And we're going to reject the Works Progress Administration. I forget who else, uh, what other alphabet soup agencies were in on uh, the, this particular case. Because a person that had standing had sued. And a state had sued saying, um, we're not making matching contributions to this FICA Act. We're broke. We can't. They lost. They shouldn't have, but they lost. Back to today. In a pair of 5-3 decisions, 
with the newly minted Justice Amy Coney Barrett intriguingly keeping to the sidelines. Again, someone want to call me at 844-527-8723 and offer me an explanation of that? Because I don't have one. The justices declined to intervene in the Pennsylvania election case despite the patent lawlessness of the rewrite by the state's highest court. By the way, courts do not get have the privilege of making or remaking election laws. There's a lot of stuff in the Constitution that you can twist and mold and pervert and uh, some of you think it's malleable and what have you. Article 1, Section 4 ain't one of them. And it never has been. And no one's ever even tried. Every time they have tried, uh, the courts have always sided with who? The plaintiffs. Always with the plaintiffs and thus with the legislature. Now, this is what you got to understand. What an irony here. Who uh, Who does the legislature of the great state of Pennsylvania represent? They're not appointed by their own will. Who do they? And ditto that for North. Ditto. Ditto. You provincial putts. Ditto that for North Carolina. Ditto that for uh, Minnesota. uh, A court last night in Minnesota got it right, by the way. Mail-in ballots will be delivered by 8 p.m. Tuesday night. End of discussion. So the mail-in ballot fraud attempt in Minnesota is over. 